0: Hi everyone, welcome to podcast number 1, the first podcast out of a series of 5, based on childhood mental illnesses. I feel like it's important to begin this podcast by noting that mental illness is already pretty hard enough for adults, and imagining what it's like for a child is almost impossible for me. There's so many different disorders and illnesses, and each with their own specific battles, But overall, I think it's so necessary to know that the disorder is not who the child is, but rather there's a child existing that is simply battling through an illness. Today, I'll be talking about a specific eating disorder that I actually wasn't aware of before, that it even was one, or that there was an actual name for it. So, I'm sure we've all had a friend or two that have been known to be picky eaters, especially when we were kids. You know, the ones that didn't touch the broccoli or the carrots or couldn't even go near mom's home-cooked beans. You're probably thinking, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was me at one point in life. However, those that suffer from avoidant restrictive food intake disorder go through more than just a phase of this. This podcast will be very informational and packed with facts, so if you've got a little picky eater in your family, stay a while and listen to some things that I've got to say. Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder is also known as ARFID for short. This is a disorder in which the person is extremely selective about their food due to the lack of interest in it or based on the unfavorable and uncomfortable sensory traits of it. This disorder was previously known as selective eating disorder. I've learned that it is most common in infants and children but some cases definitely do persist into adulthood. Some stats that I can bring up or that according to the neuropsychiatric disease and treatment is that studies have shown that up to five percent of children are affected with boys especially being at a greater risk than girls. However, just because boys are possibly more affected does not mean girls should not be worried for. So far, I know now that there are three recognized categories for types of ARFID, those being lack of interest, sensory avoidance, and fear of aversive consequences. Lack of interest, being simply uninterested in food, or having a lack of appetite. Sensory avoidance, being avoiding certain foods that have unfavorable textures, like broccoli, smells or colors, like bright orange for carrots, or mushy brown for porridge. And fear of aversive consequences, being afraid of choking, vomiting, or even gaining weight from specific foods. As for causes. There are so far no known root causes for ARFID, but scientists have found out that contributing factors are definitely biological, psychosocial, as well as environmental influences. When it comes to diagnosing this disorder, it's important to go by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, also known as the DSM-5. The criteria for diagnosing include the child showing signs of weight loss, or even more important, failure to achieve the expected weight gain or growth for the child's age according to their doctor, as well as significant nutritional deficiency, and even having a dependence on oral supplements and vitamins to receive their nutrients. Some other facts for ARFID are that the disturbed eating experience is not really due to food being unavailable or in short supply. Food can be very well available and given as meals several times in the day, but the child will refuse to eat certain foods or in total. Also, the child does not have a distorted body image, unlike anorexia or bulimia. I'll be going into symptoms now and those can vary and can even be confused with those of other more known and studied eating disorders such as anorexia or bulimia. The symptoms are those such as constipation, abdominal pain, having a cold intolerance, and especially having a limited range of preferred foods that narrow with time. More physical symptoms can be stomach cramps, having menstrual regularities for girls, concentration difficulties, abnormal laboratory findings in their blood such as anemia, having a slow heart rate, and low potassium, as well as acquiring dizziness, dry skin, and muscle weakness. I think it's vital for others to understand that children usually go through a picky eating stage. This, however, is not a stage but rather a disorder that can easily go unnoticed if not aware of these symptoms. After researching and gaining more knowledge about this disorder, I've come across treatments that are helpful for patients that suffer from ARFID. Treating this disorder when organized is actually achievable. Treatments such as increased food flexibility, such as adding unfavorable foods to favorable meals little by little, anxiety management skills, and even family-based therapy can be done and are available. Some studies have shown that patients with ARFID actually responded well to treatment in a particularly hospitalized program, very similar to patients with eating disorders. Possibly due to the change of environment, I think, and having a team of focused individuals working to get the patient better, and the patient simply recognizing that and wanting themselves to get better as well. Honestly, I think the main point that I want to get across from this podcast and sort of concluding it is that making sure that these children are loved is the first step towards nourishment. I know that it can be scary to take those steps towards a doctor's or specialist's office for not just the child, but the parent as well. It can be scary for a parent to realize that their child might not be mentally okay, and sometimes there's a stigma behind that where Parents might not know what to do in that case, there may not be previous history of mental illness and all of a sudden their child is now suffering from one and it's scary and it's confusing and it's so important to do research, gain knowledge in order to move forward and get children the best care and help they can get. No child is born perfect and I think that's more than okay. They're special in their own ways. When their little bodies need an extra hand to feel and get better, it's our job as adults, especially parents or guardians, to try our hardest to care for the children that need it most. Healthcare is not available to everyone, unfortunately. So if a child has the opportunity to receive healthcare as a parent or guardian, I believe it's your responsibility to make use of that tool and successfully care for a child. Children are vulnerable and when it comes to mental illness, They need all the love and care they can possibly receive. Thank you to everyone that took their time today to listen to this podcast for a few minutes and hopefully gain some knowledge on mental illness and exactly what it means for a child to develop one and have to battle through it. I hope some insight was gained on what it means to help and care, and overall knowledge on what exactly ARFID is. So thank you everyone, and see you on the next one.